Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Boo. Lauren Tide. You're listening to the Morning Punching Show with RBNJ live and direct. Oh, more cities in the Instagram model's bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it. You're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi-Fi. Lauren Tide is possessing a switchboard. Boo. Good morning, everybody. It is RB&J. This is the Morning Punch and Show, the most unpredictable, unscripted, but always real morning boxing talk show in the game. Today is Monday, August 7th, 2017. Our guest on the hotline blink today is no other than the IBF welterweight champion, Earl Spence Jr. Let me properly introduce my partner in crime, creator and founder of BadCulture.net, Jay LaBeouf. What's good, Jay? How are you? Good morning, RB, and good morning, listeners. We are back for another Monday morning of Boxing Talk. Thank you for rocking with us last week on Wednesday. We appreciate you. You still came out in the same big numbers that you come out on a Monday, so that's dope. Salute to the listeners. Salute to the tweeters. Even when you're mad at us, you still show up for us, so that's dope. Today, the hot question. The hot question today was actually a poll that RB posed on her social media, and, boy, you guys really have some responses. When I last looked last night... We were up to 434 votes cast on RB's wow. uh, poll. And the poll question is, Tim Bradley, who we know recently announced his retirement this weekend on Saturday night, Sunday morning, depending on where you are. Tim Bradley, five-time world champion, announced his retirement. In five years, should Tim Bradley be a Hall of Fame ballot shoe-in? Of the 434 votes cast, 56% of you say yes. And 44% of you say no. Just to give Ooh. you a couple of the responses from those of you who are participate, participated in the poll, here's what some of you had to say. Real Ray Sanchez says, arguably lost each of his big wins, so I'd say nah. But considering guys like Gaddy are in, it would be crazy if he does. Doesn't. I guess I think he means doesn't. It got cut off. Boogie mm-hmm. Down Sean says, anyone thinks otherwise is a fool. Dre Cade says, people forgot he was a monster at 140. At D. Can Guider says, uh, LOL, no. His biggest quote-unquote win is what? An old Marquez? Double hey, at that double was a great performance. One. That was a, man, he gave Marquez that work. Marquez was in shape, and he wasn't that old. Um, at double A215, Bradley was a top fighter for sure and definitely a Hall of Famer. Only lost to one fighter his entire career. At SLL, SLO, Greg says the first ballot will be loaded. Might take him an extra year or two, but he should definitely get in. At 915AD says, yeah, he fought the best and he had the heart of a lion. He, the, champ, the definition of a warrior and a fighter. At Chelo Fonts 23 says, I don't think he's done enough. He was good, but not great, but also didn't move the sport or make a major impact in, for example, De La Hoya. At Steve underscore A underscore G says, won't say Bradley is a Hall of Famer, but was very good. Damn. And at Split B Boxing says, very good career, but not legendary in my 
opinion. But we will give our personal opinions on the Bradley Hall of Fame topic later in the show. But you guys really had a lot to say. I'm sure if I went back and checked again in the next few minutes, there's probably 400 more responses. So we thank you for participating, and we'll talk more about it later in the show. Back to you, Arby. All right. Yeah, that very good um, poll, and it did seem to be split almost 50-50. You know, people feel yeah. one way or the other about it. Um, we're going to get Jake Donovan's take on it. Um, Jay, we'll get yours and mine, and uh, we'll see how that shakes out. A lot of guys really retiring. Anyway, let's go and recap some fights from this past weekend. Um, we have Earl Spence calling in at the 30-minute mark, so make sure you guys hang on there around 8.30 Pacific time, 11.30 a.m. Eastern time. Earl Spence Jr. will be calling in. Uh, if we have time for some know it or blow it today, we're going to play. And you can win a free gift from 4AMA.com. Call 718-508-9852. Press 1 so that we know that you want to play know it or blow it. Jay, this weekend, let's breeze through the fights. Let's start with Friday night on ESPN. Golden Boy had a card. Mauricio Herrera outpointed Jesus Soto Carras in a crossroads war, keeping true to his promise, Golden Boy delivered another really good show on ESPN. Uh, the two Mexican warriors really sacrificed everything. They left it all in the ring. They proved me wrong. When they announced this fight, I was kind of looking at it a little side-eyed. Like, really? Herrera, Soto Carras? Last time I saw Soto Carras, he looked like he was about done. But absolutely not. They were kind of made for each other. The 10th round is going to be a strong candidate for round of the year. Herrera did get the majority decision, went to the scorecards. He wants to be back in two months. Jesus Soto Carras feels like an injustice was committed. He felt like he actually won the fight. Uh, and he also mentioned he lost like 40 pounds to make wow. that weight. So, holy crap. He must have been like running on empty. Uh, anyway, good matchup. Kudos to uh, Robert Diaz and Eric Gomez and those guys for proving me wrong. I'm eating crow. Yeah, definitely uh, very highly contested. I thought it was going to be a battle of two really aging, really worn guys, but they went out there and they put on a show and they threw punches and bunches for the whole fight. They finished off strong. It makes me wonder if they're going to set them up for another, for a rematch, just because it was so competitive. They may be, maybe they're the new uh, Rio's Mike Alvarado. Maybe we might see a trilogy, but in two months turnaround, that was a very big blow laden fight. So two months, in my opinion, is a little quick to turn around for Mauricio Herrera, but congratulations mm-hmm. to him because his last outing did not look good. He kind of stunk it up and took the L. Same for Soto Caras. 40 pounds loss. Wow. And still performed like that after spending most of the camp losing weight. Congratulations to them on a great event. Congratulations to Golden Boy, and they're keeping the ball rolling with delivering great matchups. Yeah, man, it was really good. They, I was definitely shocked that it was that good. In the co-feature, we had Shabransky, who took on this silly fighter named Unsank May. I don't know mm-hmm. who he is, and I know a lot of silly fighters. But anyway, uh, he took back his USNBC light heavyweight title and scored the seventh-round knockout over... Todd Two Guns on Thank May. Let's go to Detroit, Michigan. There's, there wasn't too much to talk about that fight. Detroit, Michigan <laughs> on Showbox. Clarissa Shields battered Nikki Adler in five rounds for the WBC and the IBF titles. She crushed this girl. I mean, crushed her. 
it was it was ridiculous. It got to the point where I started feeling sorry for Adler. Clarissa Shields just battered that girl like target practice. She went to work from every angle. She landed so many blows at this point. At that at some points during the fight, it just made me think of um, Mia St. John and Christy Martin, where she was just just kind of drilling her like a speed bag. Wow. Steve Farhood made a great point during the broadcast that this the that weight division is not very broad. There's something like 32 fighters in the world at that weight class. But at the same time, she's probably better than 31 of them or 30 until we see her fight against Christine Ham- Christina Hammer. But yeah, wow, that, Clarissa that was, Shields did what she was, needed to do. There was some good um, fun banter in the ring afterwards with Shields and Hammer. I'd actually like to see Clarissa Shields versus Cornejo. Mm, mm. I, I believe they're in the same nice weight fight. class, one sixty, one sixty-eight. I mean that that could that's a good fight right there. They definitely can make it happen. Cornejo has a growing fan base. Clarissa Shields has her fan base. They're both based in the U.S. They could make it happen. They could do it in Detroit, or yeah, they could do it in Detroit. They could do it in L.A. They could do it anywhere, really. I, I, yeah. I'm, I sign me up. If you don't know know who Cornejo is, you can follow her on Twitter at Maricela La Diva. She's from L.A. She trains with Joelle Diaz. She's the girl that weighs in with the red Baywatch-looking swimsuit. She's, like, really hot Mexican. That would be a good fight. I would really love to see Shields and Cornejo in the future. Let's move to Saturday night. Let's go uh, back to California. Lomachenko breaks down, drops, stops. Mariaga in seven rounds. It was total domination. Mariaga was so overmatched. At times, Jay, I felt like I was watching like Lomachenko's shadow box. Like I felt like I was watching a sparring session a couple times. I mean, he just, that's kind of what it looked like he was doing. There was times where it looked like he was doing mitt work. Like if Mariaga was his trainer and he was just like, one, two, one, two, one, two. Like it looked like he was doing mitt work. Uh, he's so good, and he frustrates so many fighters that he almost just makes them quit. We saw it with Nicholas Walters. We saw it with Mariaga. You know, they just they don't have answers for him. They they can't make adjustments with him. They eventually just have to throw in the towel because they can't do anything else with him. I mean, he's that high tech. He was amazing. The biggest problem I see with who he's faced so far is. Since he's so strong and he throws so many punches, they spend so many time in the high guard with their hands up that they can't see what they're doing. So it just allows him to come at them from different angles. I would have liked to have seen him throw a few uppercuts in there. But if you can't see what your guy is doing, you can't defend against it. It's just going to take that one guy with a tough chin who's not afraid to drop his guard in exchange with him or counter with him to make a little more headway like Salito. Salito wasn't afraid to get hit, but everybody else, from that point on that he's faced, he was just able to completely dominate because he's so strong and he's so fast. And I think everyone in front of him has been intimidated by that. Not afraid of him, but just intimidated by getting hit. Look at one point, Lomachenko just stood there and was like, dude, hit me. He let him hit him. He shook his ass at him. And then he knocked his ass on the canvas. I said, wow, this is this is amazing. I, I love it. I love it. I Lomachenko clearly was going to win that fight. We knew he was going to win that fight. But I just appreciate the fact that he's not trying to be nice about it. 
everybody can't be the nice guy. And Lomachenko is not the nice guy. I can dig it. You need bad guys yeah. sometime in a sport. Some people were very 50-50 on the showboating. When he did it, I kind of laughed. You know, I was like, oh, shit. But when I looked at my Twitter and people who were there at the fight, they were like, why is he doing all that? Like, he's fighting this guy who's overmatched. Like, just finish him already. So some people really enjoyed the showboating and others didn't. Why don't you tweet me and Jay and let us know how you feel about the the taunting and the showboating that uh, Lomachenko was doing. I think he just wanted a fight. Like, he wanted to do the fight. He wanted, like, some entertainment. I don't, I don't necessarily think he was trying to be, like, cocky about it. I think he wanted to fight. I think he was telling him, like, bring it. I mean, he even backed up into the corner, like, come on. You know, I think he wanted exactly. to give the fans more. Uh, exactly. Anyway, per Steve Kim, per Steve Kim, Bob Arum mentioned that Lomachenko could be back December 9th at the Madison Square Garden in New York or on December 23rd, and that would be on ESPN. Options are... Rigadell, Salido, and Birchlet. Hey, let's get Salido rig. Let's leave Birchlet out of it. Give us the Salido rematch or give us the Rigando. Ooh, Bob would be sick if Rigandel defeated Lomachenko on ESPN, but that's going to be God. a great, great matchup. One thing that I did hear after the fight, um, shout out to Fight Hype, they picked up this video. Somebody asked Freddie Roach, who was ringside for the fight, how he felt about Lomachenko's performance. He said he wasn't impressed. I'm like, come on, Freddie, don't be salty. You know that boy good. Come on now. But the one thing I will say about, back to the showboating, the one thing I will say about that is don't showboat so much that you mess around and accidentally get cut. That was the only thing. He had so much fun showboating, and that's how he messed around and got a cut. So he just has to be careful even in the most formidable fighters, cuts could end career. So just be a little careful, Lomachenko. But other than that, yeah. I'm with it. With it. Well, I know one oh, thing. Lomachenko. Bob Arum, Bob Arum is like the promoter of a lifetime. Can he promote a fighter? After the fight, he said, Lomachenko is a throwback to Muhammad Ali. I was like, woo. All right. Mm-hmm. I like Lomachenko, too. Um <laughs> that's a huge comparison there, but Bob Aram knows how to sell a fight. He knows how to sell a fighter. Uh, in the co-feature, we got to get Jake on for Jake's take here. In the co-feature, Ray Beltron earned a majority decision over Brian Vasquez. Beltron battered through some nasty cuts, some nasty blood, earned the majority decision. Give that man a big fight. Give that man his green card already. I mean, come on. Right. I think he earned it. I think he earned it. Wow, that was a tough fight for Ray. He was that was a really competitive matchup. I thought that um his competitor moving up to fight him and not making weight would make the the fight less interesting or less competitive to watch, but it really turned out to be a great performance that Ray almost lost at the bell. If that final bell mm-hmm. hadn't come when it did, we would have had a totally different outcome. And it was really really good to see a good strong lead into the main event. So kudos for that matchup, too. It was way better than I thought it would be. Indeed. Well, Jay, why don't we take a commercial break, and then why don't we come back for Jake's take with Jake Donovan? Let's do it. 
Any vehicle, any age, any mileage. With Nationwide Auto Warranties, you will stop paying unexpected costly repair bills and let an extended auto warranty pay. Go to NationwideAutoWarranties.com for an instant email quote or call 1-866-352-4999 for a free no-obligation phone quote. So stop paying and let Nationwide Auto Warranties get you your coverage today. Again, that number is 1-866-352-4999 or visit NationwideAutoWarranties.com. It's a night of boxing royalty you won't want to miss. This is James Smith from In This Corner TV. The Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame will be holding its fifth annual induction ceremony on August the 12th in the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas. Many of the legends of the sport, past and present, will be on hand for this charity event, and you will want to be right there with them. For more information about this amazing event, please go to nbbhof.com. Tickets are on sale now. You're rocking with the Morning Punching Show with RB and J, and now it's time for Jake's Take. Uh, that always brightens up my Monday. Oh, yeah. Good morning. Good morning, RB and J. How are you? We are Jake Donovan. Well, yes, Jakey, Jakey. Listen, our, uh, we want to jump right into it. We, took, we did a poll last night on social media about Tim Bradley. As everyone knows, he announced his retirement on Saturday. Five-time world champ announced his retirement, has done a lot in boxing. We want to know, Jake, do you think Tim Bradley is a shoe-in first ballot in the Hall of Fame in five years? I'm going to say this. In the sense of, like, when you think of, like, the moment a fighter retires, he's in the Hall of Fame. No, I do not. Do I think he'll eventually get in the Hall of Fame? Yes. Will I vote for him to get into the Hall of Fame? Most likely, yes. I, it's going to depend on who lands on the ballot the first year he's in it. There's still some guys, mm-hmm. in my opinion, that need to get in. And he's already on a ballot with Bernard Hopkins. So he's already a very distant second. If Shane Mosley never fights again, he's kind of a distant third on that ballot. And for the moment, only three people per year get into the Hall of Fame. So I think people are kind of jumping the gun when it, when it comes to Tim Bradley as far as being a shoe-in for the Hall of Fame. My other problem with those claiming he's a shoe-in, I don't recall these conversations taking place in 2013. And if you think about it, that was really his last major win. I mean, he beat Juan Manuel Marquez, and that seems to be the win everybody's pointing to where they say that clinched his Hall of Fame status. I don't recall those talks coming four years ago. I mean, maybe adding all the wins over uh, Brandon Rios and Jesse Vargas kind of enhance that Hall of Fame status, but it, it just seemed like, it, it's kind of like, you know, Tupac was never the greatest rapper of all time up until Tupac, you know, left this earth. So I, I don't, <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I, he's, a, he's a great fighter. I don't think he's an elite fighter, but he, he's definitely one of the classiest fighters of our generation. It, it would be my honor and pleasure to vote for him in the Hall of Fame, but he's not like a Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao, Bernard Hopkins, you know, type, you know, slam dunk, you know, five years, he's not I, automatically in. Ooh, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I like Tim Bradley. I love that, you know, he always showed a lot of character in the game. Uh, but let, let's talk about, you know, what were some of his biggest wins? Who did he fight? Who did he beat? Who didn't he fight in this era? You know, and I think that will kind of help us uh, be really unbiased about this, whether we love mm-hmm. him or we don't as a fighter. So um, between the three of us, what, were his, what, what do you think was his biggest win? Jay, let's start with you, Jay. 
Bradley, Bradley biggest win? I think his biggest wins came when he fought at 140, when he was just kind of steamrolling yep. through everybody, and he had the ability to fight people on both sides of the street. As he moved up to 147, he became the victim of the politics of boxing, and he did probably some of the matches he would have liked. So that's always a factor when considering someone going into the Hall of Fame, but it's not as if he ducked them or he refused to fight. Just the powers that be didn't permit him to make the fights happen. So that's going to be something to consider, too, when he gets to to that point where he wants to take the ride in New York and people question his Hall of Fame status, he became a victim of the politics of the sport, like so many fighters of this era will. So in terms of his biggest win, he, he had so many good victories at 140 because he was just steamrolling people that were supposed to be the top of the division that all those wins, Holt and, and – and, um, all the guys he was he was beating at that time, Holt, Devin Alexander, mm-hmm. Lamont Peterson. Lamont Peterson is still at the top of the division at 147, so those are all great wins for him. Jay, who do you think yep. his biggest win was against? Um, you know, it's – I mean, obviously, Valquez is the biggest win of his career, um, unless you want to mm-hmm. count the first fight with Manny Pacquiao, which, you know, nobody really wants to because – very few, if anyone, had him winning that it fight. It was so tainted, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was, but, I mean, granted, it's on his record as a win, so, I mean, and people right. are going to sell it. <laughs> so he has two wins over Hall of Famers. But, I mean, at 140, I mean, his first title, he went to England, beat Junior Witter, beat him handily. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that fight wasn't even competitive, and Witter was considered the best 140-pound fighter in the world at the time. You know, he, he was supposed to school Tim Bradley. You know, Tim Bradley, that, I think it was his first fight out of California, as a matter of fact, and he just absolutely played with him. And then the Kendall Hall fight, that, that's one of my favorites because that kind of gave us the first glimpse of what who Tim Bradley became. I mean, you know, he beat Kendall Hall convincingly, except, you know, he had a lot of trouble early and a lot of trouble late. Uh, you know, that just showed, like, how good Tim Bradley was, but yet also how vulnerable he could be in any given fight. Um, you know, mm-hmm. as you said, Lamont Peterson, that's a win that really stood the test of time because, you know, look at Lamont. You know, Lamont Peterson has a welterweight title today. You know, I think Kendall Holt went on to win another title after he beat Tim Bradley, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the only yeah. fight that didn't happen at 140 that I felt should have and I didn't like that it ha- uh, didn't happen was uh, Amir Khan. That fight would have absolutely mm. determined, you know, 140-pound supremacy. Uh, they kind of, I didn't like the fact that they left that on the table. I, I, I didn't know if it was an issue between Gary Shore and Golden Boy. I don't remember, you know, it being that political at the time. It just seemed like a fight that could have happened, but then, you know, Bradley decided he ended up moving on to top rank and moved up to um, – mm-hmm. I think before Castlemayor, I said I then moved up to 147. So I, I'd say that's the only asterisk on, asterisk on his 140-pound uh, reign. At welterweight, I mean, it was just, you know, that, that's when Tim Bradley became fun to watch. I, you know, just because he was so vulnerable, he was always the smaller guy in these fights. Yeah. Uh, so I, I agree, Jake. I think his biggest win was Juan Manuel Marquez. I would love to say it was Manny Pacquiao, but the fight was so tainted because of the judging. <laughs> a lot of people consider right. it a gift. Um, I don't want to take that win from him, but I, I, I am going to say that Marquez was his biggest win. Yeah. You know, he did fight and beat the guys, like you said, Ken Hall, Lamont Peterson, Luzlan, Devin Alexander when he was undefeated and when he was like right. the shit. You know, mm-hmm. Jesse Vargas, who is not an easy fight for nobody at 147. But who didn't he fight? There's a lot of misses in this era that he didn't get to get in the ring with, like a Danny Garcia, a Keith Thurman, a Floyd Mayweather, a Sean Porter. I would have loved to have seen him fight those kind of guys. You know, um, I'm not sure if he's a first ballot shoe in either. I do think he'll get in. But 
the shoe-ins for me are Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao, Bernard Hopkins. It, it's like no question. You know, as soon as they retire, they're going to be a first ballot shoe-in in five years. I don't think Tim Bradley is. But he has shown amazing character his entire career. He made a lot of money. And I'll say this, it's really nice to see a fighter ride off into the sunset on yep. his terms instead so of letting the ring retire him. Yeah, I agree 100%, Albie. I love the fact that he sat ringside, called the Manny Pacquiao-Jeff Horn fight, and recognized, you know, what he saw in Manny Pacquiao. This is a guy who has two convincing wins over him and probably should have been 3-0 and over him. And, you know, he realized, okay, this is what Manny looks like today. And even if he did deserve to win that fight against Jeff Horn, he didn't look like Manny Pacquiao anymore. And I think Tim realized that, you know, a fight with Jose Ramirez wasn't going to get him out of bed, you know. So, um, like I said, this, Tim, Tim Bradley's character, I think, is what a lot of people factor into when they say he's a uh, Hall of Famer. And, I, and I'm fine with that. You know, if people want to say, you know, they, they love his career and the fact that he's a super nice guy, that, you know, that, that's fine by me. I got no problem with anyone voting that way. I agree. Well, he does say now that he wants to dedicate himself to commentary. So let's talk about the ESPN <laughs> card that Top Rank uh, did on Saturday night where Tim Bradley right. and Teddy Atlas uh, we're doing the commentary. There was a lot of issues with that show. It started out being super delayed because of the NFL Hall of Fame induction speeches. And we, we were, you know, we had to turn to ESPN to, you know, the production was kind of iffy. I mean, the commentary, how many times, you know, did we have to hear Teddy Atlas say, what are in the basement? I mean, it was like, what what do we think about the ESPN overall show Saturday night? We'll start with Jake, and then we'll get to Jay. Okay. I, I'm going to say this. I, I'm just going to start with ESPN as a whole. You know, a lot of people say if ESPN wanted to, they could truly run boxing. And they showed it with um, the first, you know, top rank boxing on the ESPN show. I mean, they had an entire fight week dedicated to Manny Pacquiao and Jeff Horn. You know, they were yeah. thrilled to be involved in a Manny Pacquiao event. You know, every day was featured. They had Steve Levy and Stephen A. Smith, you know, opening up the lights on SportsCenter just to, you know, tune into this show. We didn't get that same commitment, you know, with this fight. I, I think a lot of people suspected that to be the case, but it just seemed like that was a one-and-done commitment. I don't get that the commitment is there, and here's where I'm going to compare it. When they have Monday Night Football, they have a room full of experts. They have a room full of NFL experts, you know, Hall of Fame-level mm-hmm. players who are analyzing the game before the game begins. Then they have NFL talent on air calling the game. Then they go back to the studio with more NFL experts, you know, giving their, in, uh, that, uh, giving their take on the game. We're not getting that with boxing. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't need, I don't think any boxing fan needs Stephen A. Smith or Steve Levy telling us anything about boxing. You know, we need, <laughs> we need them telling us about boxing as much as they need me explaining hockey to them. It's, it's just tiring. I mean, and the fact that, you know, I mean, I get that Stephen A. Smith is a name. I mean, but you look at the preliminary ratings to the show, Stephen A. Smith brought absolutely nothing to the broadcast. He interviewed yeah. a fighter who's, who's fighting on the network for two weeks and admitted he's never seen him, you know, in the ring before. How the hell are you not going to know anything about your subject? He did the same thing a month ago. <laughs> Give me the names of the judges. How the hell do you not know the names of the judges for a Manny Pacquiao fight? You know, you're in the studio for eight hours. This is information that should be absolutely at your fingertips already. You're right. It's you're just, right. It's, I, I mean, he, that's my problem. ESPN, there's just like too much of a cartoon element. And I'm, that leads me to Teddy Atlas. And, and sadly, it's carrying over to Tim because Tim almost feels compelled to laugh at every single Teddy Atlas joke because Tim is such a nice guy. <laughs> he doesn't want to side a fight with him on air. But it's tiring. And I feel bad for a guy like Joe Tessitore, who's the consummate professional and who mm-hmm. just wants to call it straight. And you, you got to deal with all this shtick. And then you get Stephen A. Smith with his, you know, nonsense, where it becomes, it's not boxing anymore, it's the Stephen A. Smith show. 
featuring boxing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let me tell you, right. me, and, me, and J, me and Jay, we actually prep all week here and there for yeah. the morning punch-in show. On Sundays, we're prepping, we're doing research, we're putting things together. Like, we'd be mortified to come on air and not know what the hell we were talking about. And we're just RB and J. We have a yeah. podcast. Could you imagine if we were on ESPN, Jay? I mean, could you imagine if we had a bigger platform? I would be paranoid to go on air and on TV and not know what the F I was talking about. Hey, I'm, I'm going right. to give you three more names of people who always come prepared to every boxing event. Two of them are boxing writers, uh, you know, boxing personalities. Race Bartholomew and Dan Raphael. I mean, Dan Raphael is the most identical boxing writer in the world. He's an ESPN writer. Why the hell is he not involved in these shows instead of Stephen A. Smith? Why is Race Bartholomew not on these shows? On the top-ranked side, there's no one more prepared than Christina Poncher, who has a fantastic TV mm-hmm. personality. Why is she not on air yet? This is top-ranked show. That's right. Why are we getting these ESPN personalities who admittedly know very little about boxing? We have boxing resources <laughs> at our fingertips. We have the ability to move the needle on the sport. It, it's time to make a change. And what bothers me the most is they had Stephen A. Smith when um, Manny Pacquiao fought Jesse Vargas. They do. He brought nothing to the table, and yet he's still involved in this show. It's, it's mind-blowing. His agent well, is amazing. Somebody... I need his agent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. Somebody that uh, Stephen A. Smith kept mentioning on the broadcast, like at least five, six times, was Trevonta Davis. I mean, he was, you know, he's like, oh, he should get the fight. No, he shouldn't get the fight. He's young. No, he should get. I mean, he was like all over the place, but he really had his pom poms out for Tank. So Tank got a lot of love on the ESPN broadcast. Yeah, I mean, well, that goes, you know, with uh, Stephen A. Smith, you know, with his love of Floyd Mayweather. It's, you know, Floyd's going to say, hey, keep mentioning my guy on here. That's, that's fantastic. Now all we need for is the tank to say, I want to fight this guy and not complain about his ticket sales and that he's a crybaby in the ring. You know, th- then we'll finally get the fights we want. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, judging, I didn't hear the broadcast since I was at the fight, but judging by the tenor from Twitter and what people were tweeting, Twitter was not happy with the ESPN portion of the broadcast, there was a lot of, from the delays to the Teddy Atlas cliches. I feel sorry for Tim Bradley sometimes. I'm glad he didn't have to do the call on the air with Stephen A, because I'm just waiting for Tim to just go ahead and run him a fade because he's <laughs> yeah. so disrespectful to Tim trying to out-knowledge him on a sport that he has very little knowledge on. Kudos to Tim Bradley for wanting to take his career in that direction post-retirement. But if they continue to to do the broadcast that way, they have to put more people who actually know about boxing on the broadcast. Joe yep. Tessitore is over there doing Battle of Network Stars. you got Stephen A. Everybody, <laughs> Stephen A. is not going to appeal to every single person. And I think it's just really disrespectful. I'm surprised. Bob, you know, Bob is very outspoken when he doesn't like something. And I'm I'm very surprised that he hasn't gone – publicly and said, why is this asshole calling my fight? He doesn't know shit about boxing. I'm surprised we haven't heard Bob say that yet. Well, and, and you know why? And this goes back to being one of the best promoters of all time. He knows that yeah. screening A. Smith brings a lot of color. He brings a lot of controversy. People are going to talk about him whether he's saying something knowledgeable or not. So everybody's talking, whether it's good or bad, and Bob knows it. He probably knows that Smith knows nothing, but he, he does create a reaction. You know, uh, he has to start talking about him and what he's doing. So 
You know, I'm sure that's why Bob's probably quiet about the whole thing. But, you know, what was funny on the broadcast was, you know, ESPN was having a lot of issues, and the whole crew had to work around a lot of stuff. And Teddy Atlas said, you guys in the truck need to do a better job. And I thought that was so funny because only Teddy Atlas could have said that. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. But other, other than that, I'm enjoying the fact that boxing is being presented on a bigger platform. But at the same time, we have to be mindful that putting boxing on a bigger platform, there is more pressure and more eyes to do it properly. And with all the time delays, it goes back to the Friday night fight delays. If we want to present our product to the public to gain more eyes on the product, then the product needs to be delivered correctly because people get frustrated and that's just we just saw a microcosm on twitter with the where's the fight set why i gotta switch to this channel i pay my cable somebody tweeted i pay my cable bill why i gotta watch the fight on an app so those are all things to consider when they have their meeting on monday mornings after the fight to debrief on what they could do better those are just some things to consider let us not sacrifice the quality of the product just for the bigger platform so but ESPN, still rocking with you. We need as many eyes on the court as possible. Jake Donovan, always a pleasure. Remind the folks who fell asleep during the middle part of the show where they can find you and how they can follow you on Twitter. Absolutely. At Twitter, at Jake in the Box, and FightNights.com is where I presently write. All right. Thank you, Jake Donovan, for another great installment of Jake's Take, and we'll talk with you next week. All right. Thank you very much, Arby and Jay. Always my favorite Monday. All right, take care. For all the latest news, interviews, and boxing schedules, visit BoxingInsider.com, providing readers with everything from the latest fight schedules to interviews with your favorite boxers. BoxingInsider.com has you covered from top to bottom. BoxingInsider.com is looking for new writers. Think you have what it takes to join the team? Submit your articles to our team at info at BoxingInsider.com. Visit BoxingInsider.com today, the only boxing website where you become the fifth man in the corner. And we are back. Welcome to the Morning Punch and Show with RB and J. It's now time for a hotline bling, so why don't we bring on today's guest? 469, who are we speaking to and where are you calling from? What's up? This is Earl from Dallas. What's, What's up, going DJ? on, Aaron? Not much, not much. Just got up. That's terrific. You know, it's good to talk to you. It's been a while since we had a chance to talk to you on the show, I noticed I saw you on the Breakfast Club last week. I've seen you on the broadcast, and it looks like you're getting more comfortable talking on camera. When we last spoke, you were kind of shy. Is this getting is it getting easier for you to do all these kind of media obligations in these interviews now? Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I'm not really shy. Just you know, I'm just a man of few words. I don't really talk that much, so I really don't be having much to say. Do you do you find now since since you are the champion for those who clearly fell asleep, he's the current IBF welterweight champion. Do you feel like you have to talk more now? Because people are always going to seek you out, but do you feel like you have to talk more just to make sure people know you there and you ready? Uh yeah, I mean it's it's, it's I mean it's an obligation being a world champion that you got to talk more and you know you have to say more and the and of course, if you want if you want the big fights, then you have to speak on it. So, so it'll happen, and people know that you know you want these mm-hmm. fights. Speaking of talking about fights, I was going through. I watched the Breakfast Club interview, and I pulled out some points that I wanted to ask you about since we knew you were coming on. 
one thing that we hear fighters say a lot is they don't like, they won't fight people that they have relationships with or, you know, those type of fights are just off the table. But you said that you don't care if you're friends or not. You are okay with fighting people that you know. Who do you think are some fighters that you have relationships with that you can foresee matches with on the on the horizon? Not just guys you know, but somebody you'd actually dap if you passed them in the hallway. I mean, it's it's a lot of guys because I mean, just being in the amateur system, I mean, you just you grow up going to training camps and being Olympic training camps <laughs> with a lot of these fighters, so you grow relationships with them, like Sean Porter, uh, Adrian Bronner. Mm-hmm. There's so many names that, that I can name from 140 all the way up to 154, the guys that, you know, I I got relationships with them through, through the amateurs and just being in training camps with them and, you know, spending time with them. So, I mean, it just, it's a lot of guys. Looking at some of those fights in the 140 to 154 range, I know a fight the last time, it's been quite a while since we had a chance to talk to you, a fight that you said before that you wanted – was the Pacquiao fight. Now that we're on the other side of his fight against uh, Jeff Horn, that he came up short, is that a fight that is still meaningful to you as we see kind of where Pacquiao is at in his career? And how did you how did you see the fight? What did you think of the ending of it? Um, I only watched it one time, but I thought, I thought Pacquiao won. I mean, it was a close fight. I mean, with that being so close, you know, it could have it could have went it could have went to Jeff Horn's side. You know, knowing it's it's in Australia, but I mean, I thought I thought Pacquiao won the fight, but Jeff Horn did come on strong in the later rounds. But I thought Pacquiao won, and it's a fight that 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 I still would take if, if it's brought to the table. I mean, Pacquiao he's a Hall of Fame fighter, still has a huge name. You know, that still be a a big name on my resume. That makes sense. So let's talk about your next fight then. We've been hearing you talk about wanting to fight in Dallas. So um, what is next? What's coming up for you? Could we see you fighting in Dallas soon? And can you give us a time frame on when you can be back in the ring? Um, it should be late October or early. Late October or earlier, is that what you said? Hello? Yeah. Can you hear me? Are you there? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> nice All right, late, o- late October, either early November, they're trying to find out right now if that's possible, trying to look for a right opponent to fight in Dallas. If not, then I'll fight either at the Barclays Center or, or, or a big city like that. But like I told yeah. everybody else, if, if a big-name guy pops up and he don't want to come to Dallas, then I'm – you know, more than welcome to not fighting in Dallas and fighting somewhere else. Uh, yeah, and I do know that your sights are set higher. So I know you rather have, you know, a bigger name and a bigger fight, you know, rather than just getting, you know, like a showcase in Dallas. I think we know that about you. We've heard you call out Danny Garcia and Keith Thurman and, like, all the guys at the top of your division. We don't see a lot of people do that anymore. They refer to their manager, their promoter, and you're just really vocal about wanting to fight the best. So how active – can we expect you to be this year? Like, what's it going to take to make it happen where we get to see you, like, two or three times a year? Because I think that's what we're missing is, like, we want more Earl Spence. Hello? Uh Uh-oh. Did we lose him? 
All Hello? right. Errol, are you still with yeah, us? Okay, I, we got I, you I, back. Yeah, it looks like you there. dropped there. Did you yeah, hear my yeah. question? Nah, what'd you say? Okay, I was saying that, you know, we, we see you and we hear you calling out the big names. We know that you want to be active. What is it going to take to keep you active? Because I think that's what we're all missing is that we want to see more, more Earl Spence. We want to see you like two or three times a year. Um, I guess it's just, I mean, I really don't know. I think the, the, it's, the, it's more the big name fighters. They don't, you know, they're not as active like Danny Garcia. He's not as active, mm-hmm. and the other big name fighters not as active. So, I mean, it's hard to get those fights. I mean, I've been out for nine months, so, and um, I feel like a real ring rush. And I told Al that I want to fight, you know, more often because I feel like, you know, it it, it affects me when I'm out the ring. And he said, you know, we're gonna work on that. And um, you know, next year I should be fighting three times a year. So, um, so we'll see. That's good. That's good. So, let's put money to the side. I feel like legacy is also very important to you. And I can't say that about a lot of fighters in boxing, but there are a few of you, you being one of them, that all put the money to the side. I feel like legacy is important to you and you're willing to make big fights to get there, even if it means like maybe fighting elsewhere. Is that true? How important is legacy to you? Uh, legacy is big to me. I mean, that's you know the main reason. You know, I'm in boxing it's for my legacy. Of course, you know, the money to make sure my family's good, but you know, legacy is a is a is a main priority for me and that's what I want. I wanna clear out the the welterweight division, I wanna be the undisputed welterweight champion of the world. So, um for me to do that is for me to fight the best fighters out there and that's what I've been trying to do, calling out the, the biggest names at my division so I can get those fights. All right. There's some upcoming fights that may or may not be on your radar as a fan and maybe as a future opponent. So is there anything on the Boston schedule that you're really looking forward to? Any upcoming fights that you really have your eye on? Uh, the biggest fight right now is that my I think he's breaking up. You hear me? Yeah, he's... Yep, now there we go. go. That I'm looking forward to is the Canelo and Triple G fight. Mm. You know, I feel okay. like you know, I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Canelo. I like his style. I like the way he fight. Um, you know, they making a Triple G to have to beat his monster. You know, I think Canelo beats him. I do too. So you're not looking forward to Mayweather McGregor first? <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I mean, I already. I'm probably already. <laughs> I already know the outcome. Probably already know the outcome of that one. I, you know, I think you know, the Floyd should stop him. If Floyd really, you know, put, you know, put his mind to it, he can stop him. But um, you know, that that'd be entertaining. You know, more in, entertainment than anything. But you know, as as fight wise, you know, I'm looking forward to Canelo Trilogy. All right. Listen. Earlier today, before we let you go, we asked everybody on social media and everyone listening with Tim Bradley announcing his retirement. Is he a shoe-in for the Hall of Fame? Do you consider him a Hall of Fame fighter? Oh, uh, I think so. I mean, they put, um, I think, Arturo Gatti is in the Hall of Fame, right? Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think so. Timothy Bradley, his his resume is long and vast. You know, he's fought all the best fighters out there. You know, I don't, I didn't, I don't think Tim Bradley ducked anyone. 
in his division. He fought the best. He beat the best. So I think, you know, he's, he's a shooter in Hall of Famer, definitely. With his I agree. resume. Wait. We know that you're a bit of a boxing historian, and we know that you really watch boxing. So if you could give me your top five welterweights of all time in your division, who are the five that you watch the most when you're watching film or that you considered all-time great? All-time great. Well, my, my, personal, my personal favorites uh, that, I, that I watch personally probably uh, Terry Norris. Hmm. Um, who else? I know um, you're a bit of a historian. Come on. I watched a lot of Ray. I watched a lot, a lot of uh, Ray Leonard. Mhm. Um. So it only had to be once a Uh, well, yeah. I kind of wanted to know, like, who were your top five welterweights of all time? But go ahead. You can give us some other guys that you watch. All right. Um. I watched a lot of. Uh, Jeremy McCullough, mm. um, Pernell Whitaker, and um, and um, who else? Uh, mm, Marvin Hagler. That's a formidable list of guys. So we will keep yeah, those yeah. in mind. So the next time we watch, when the next time we watch you fight, we're gonna see, we're gonna play a game with our watchers and see what elements of their fight styles we can see when you compete in the ring. If we see any sneaky moves that you do in there, that's kind of like a nod to one of the guys that you name. Of those guys that you name, are there are some are there are there some moves that you like to do that's kind of paying homage to one of them? Uh, I probably at at all those guys, I probably watch. The most is probably Pernell Wilson and, um, and uh, Terry Norris. I watched a lot of Terry Norris fights. I think my style, because he was, he, was he was like a, he was a boxer, but he was aggressive, too. He was a boxer puncher. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, he get into fights, so he makes the fight tougher than, than it needs to be, even though, you know, it's an easy outbox his opponent. So I think, you know, me and his style probably go together more than the rest of the guys on the list. All right. Before we wrap up, okay, I got a little I got a little challenge for you. I know you are a Game of Thrones guy. Can you recap <laughs> last night's Game of Thrones episode in twenty seconds or less? Twenty seconds seconds or less. <laughs> you gotta do it in twenty seconds. Go. Uh I guess the shit getting real. <laughs> there it is. Uh, <laughs> Ding, ding. <laughs> and lastly, before we have, you headed out to Jamaica. Last time we talked to you, you know, you were out there. You were telling us you were singing the praises about how good a cook you were, and you told us you were a better cook than Chris Algieri. So now that you oh, yeah. have gone to Jamaica again and got some cooking in, have you added something new to the cooking, the Spence cooking, the cookbook that you can say that you're really good at now? Uh, I'm really good at jerk chicken now. Like I'm, I'm learning how to cook it. Like, like how they really cook it in the in the island, you know, on the on the grill. So, and they're about to open up a a jerk chicken shop in Dallas. So, I'm getting wow. really good at that. Yeah. I think That's it's great so connected to your Jamaican real, real jerk too. chicken too. Real jerk chicken, <laughs> not the the restaurant jerk chicken. 
Okay, uh, well, listen, what we need you to do is bring us some. Bring us some. Next time you're going to be at a fight that we're going to be, just put it on the plane, put it in some foil, and just bring it for your girls, <laughs> RB&J. I got you. I'll, I'll put it in the cooler. All right, cool. Oh, one more question. What's going on with you and Demetrius Andrade? We heard kind of in the in the air, you guys are kind of low-key beefing. We know Andrade likes to pop up on people at press conferences and on Twitter, and you are a low-key guy. Is there anything going on, or can you confirm this rumor that you and Andrade got a little under, you know, uh, on under the radar beef going on? No, it wasn't nothing on the radar. I mean, um, you know, one of the, one of those reporters said that he had, first he said I guess I was gonna lose the uh, the kill book or something like that. Kill mm-hmm. book gonna beat me because I was inexperienced. He did. And then and then he said they said he had said something about uh, man I don't know about some Texas fighters man they've been knocking people out I don't know what they uh, <laughs> somebody I don't know what they taking <laughs> down there in Texas or something. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I guess we were trying to demean Jamel and uh and Jamal. <laughs> so. So um, then he came out and say he didn't say that, and then I seen him at the um, at the um, at the Adrian Brown and Mikey Garcia fight. You know, he pulled me to the side, said he didn't say all that, and, you know, mm. it was a misunderstanding and stuff like that. So I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> all right, Errol. Well, as usual, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. We want to talk to you again when you finally make your next fight announcement and. Good luck to you. We'll be looking for our jerk chicken, and just make sure you bring it next time we see you. I got you. All right. All right. Have a good one. All right. Take care. Because the right gift can speak volumes. For home, for fragrance, for great body products, think for Alma.com. Offering you the finest products for any and every occasion you can imagine. Say you care the right way and search through our catalog of more than 800 products, from tasteful jewelry to great leather goods. So remember, when you think gifts for any occasion, think for Alma.com. All right, right, and we we are back. Go ahead, RV. We hyped it up. That sexy commercial. (laughs) Sexy-ass commercial. Right, right. We have about 10 minutes left. We still have some word on the curb to dish. We got some in case you missed it. But first, we want to talk about a really hot topic that yes. came out a couple of days ago, Amir Khan. Anybody can get it, okay? He got on his Twitter the other morning, and he announced to the world that his wife has been cheating on him with no other than heavyweight champion Anthony Joshua. He went full Robert Kardashian. He was putting up screenshots. How about the girl had him in the phone as ghost? Man, leave Amari Hardwick out of this. Don't be calling him ghost. <laughs> Man. So, I, I don't know why any man, Jay, would ever even talk about that publicly. Like, that's the ultimate sin. Like, even as a man, like your manhood, you don't publicly announce that your wife's been cheating on you, putting up videos. He said he wasn't hacked. Last night, he was putting up videos in the club with other women. Anthony Joshua, <laughs> I thought he was hilarious, Jay. What was your, oh my God, got to talk to us about what Anthony Joshua did. Anthony Joshua, y'all know I love Anthony Joshua. I'm not even going to front. If you know me, you know I get down with AJ. But anyway, so Khan goes on his rant. Clearly he wasn't on Twitter the day that Robert Kardashian took his L on Twitter when he tried to air out Black China and ended up playing himself. 
So like RB said, he put all the stuff out there. Anthony Joshua takes the Twitter and responds to him with the shaggy, it wasn't me, a clip from that video, and then follows up and says, all, you know, pretty much all jokes aside, I hope they can work it out. Besides, I like my girl's BBW, to which I replied, hey, boo. <laughs> and we know. Uh-oh. Jay, we lose you? Uh-oh. Can't... Jay, you're breaking can out you hear really me? bad right there. No, we missed everything you just said. I could hear you now. Okay. Well, anyway, like we know, well, so like I said, Anthony Joshua said, all jokes aside, he hopes that they can work it out. Besides, he likes his women BBW, to which I responded, hey, boo. And again, Anthony Joshua, hey, boo. Um Khan's wife is anything but BBW. She's very, very slender. And he's just taking the high road and, and just laughing about it. Whether he did or he didn't, we'll never know. But we know Khan is out there trying to get his life. He's posting videos like RB said of him in the club with chicks, playing I don't fuck with you in the background. Khan, you ain't even got to do all that because we've seen your PP on the Internet. So we know <sighs> you get it in with other women. You don't have to convince us. We already know. But... Just take your L in private. Take your L in private like you should take your your fight call out. Take them in private because no well, good after, comes out of it when you get too live on Twitter. Yeah, well, after he goes on Twitter and he puts it all out there, in the next breath, he stays talking very delusional about boxing. So he's like, you know, the next interview he does that day, he's like, Mayweather McGregor's going to be a shit fight. I'm like, oh, my God, you know, and then, then, you know, I'm putting everything behind me. I'm getting back to the top. I want only big fights. And I'm like, big fights with who, sir? Like, right. Khan will be Khan. Anybody could get it. Who's going to check me, boo? I love, I, I actually really love him because he gives us so much to talk about. But anyway, Jay, let's go on to In Case You Missed It. There's a bunch of stuff that even, I, that even flew over my head last week. Bring us up to speed with In Case You Missed It. All right. In case you missed it, I'm going to try to run through this quick because we got seven minutes and we got word on the curb to dish. Tickets for Mayweather McGregor on closed circuit tickets are available. Tickets for closed circuit viewing are $150, which does not include applicable fees, and they are on sale. You can get a party package that includes food and beverage options at select viewing, okay, uh, uh, select viewing locations. I, heart, I highly doubt for the 150, you're going to get food and beverages. I think the 150 is just for a seat. So if you're going to do that, you might as well watch the uh, uh, yeah. So um 150. Let me keep my personal opinions out of that. Also, in case you missed it, I saw this one this morning. Kel Brook, speaking of Errol Spence, since we just had Errol Spence on, Kel Brook apparently was getting a little too wild on a flight from Liverpool to Barcelona. Other passengers say that he was on the on the plane drunk. Him and his boy got on a plane with a bottle that they bought in the airport, and they were just too live, baby, on the flight. Passengers oh. say he was smoking in the bathroom. So Kel Brook is out there acting a fool. Mm-hmm. Errol Spence must have took his soul because he is bugging out on the airplane. So that was according to the U.K. Daily Star out there tripping. Also, in case you missed it, Miguel Cotto told ESPN Deportes on December 31st that that will be his last day as a professional boxer. He says, I've been enjoying boxing a lot. It's my last year in boxing. It's time to do other things. December 31st, 2017 will be the last day of Miguel Cotto as a professional boxer. And you know what, Jay? Love him or hate him, Miguel Cotto 
has given his life to the sport, and he carried that mm-hmm. island on his back after Tito Trinidad exited out the game. So love him or hate him, you've got to give Miguel Cotto his respect. End of story. Definitely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I got nothing but love for uh, Miguel Cotto. Also, in case you missed it, Caleb Plant versus Dominic Wade. What? These two are beefing on social media. If you want to get your kiki on this morning, head on over to Dominic Wade's Instagram account and look at the picture that he posted of Caleb Plant, who had been calling him out. And just go read the comments. Make yourself a cup of coffee, grab a Coke, roll a blunt, whatever you like to do, and just read the comments (laughs) under the picture on Dominic Wade's Instagram account. Very funny stuff. And it's a very makeable fight. Put it on toe-to-toe Tuesday have Kayla Plant girl Jordan Hardy do the invite interviews and, and sit back and kiki. That would be pretty, pretty fun. In other retirement, it is retirement week here. We better make them some mm. pins to commemorate their service to the sport. Vladimir Klitschko <laughs> announced that he is also retiring, so there will be no Anthony Joshua fight. I'm really mad about that because that fight would have been in Vegas, which means I could have mm. sto- I could have stalked Anthony Joshua up close. But <laughs> Look at Klitschko just ruining it for everybody. When by everybody, I mean me. So there's not going to be a Klitschko-Joshua uh, rematch. So happy retirement to him. Whether Another one, if you love him or hate him, he contributed to the sport. He held the title for a long time. He wasn't a personal favorite of mine like many other people, but I just had a, a, an immense respect for Vladimir Klitschko. So we wish him well in his retirement. And he's dope because his daughter's name is Kaya, like my daughter's name is Kaya. So he's cool for that. Also, in case you missed it, my God, we probably could have a whole show about this. Pauli Malignaggi quit Conor McGregor's camp. We've seen the drama going back and forth on social media this week with the picture released with Pauli laying on the canvas. He says he was shoved. McGregor's cameraman said no, he got knocked down. He was only brought in to the McGregor camp because he had been talking shit about McGregor. McGregor said, bring that boy to me. And now he got played out like like a side chick. They didn't even send no Uber for him, I'm sure, to send him back to the airport. But so Paulie uh, is out of the McGregor camp, and we just make our way waiting for August 26th. Well, yeah. Paulie can't stop talking about this either. I mean, if you follow him on Twitter, you know, he, like a, he's coming off a little. You know, I, I believe him. I'm sure that the picture was very, like, deceiving and maybe a little even conniving, but – he won't drop this. I mean, it's all you're seeing on his timeline. So he, he, he's yeah. not feeling it. Maybe you can pay per tweet. Also, and in case you missed it, news, Juan Manuel Marquez is also retiring. I wonder if it's attached to the Cotto fight. Because remember, during our previous shows, we told you that they were examining a possible fight between Cotto and uh, Juan Manuel Marquez. Hmm, mm. You never know. So Juan Manuel Marquez says he's also retiring and another guy, great contribution to the sport. No definitive date has been set for him. I don't even know if it's official, but he will be retiring according to him. Also, and in case you missed it real quick, Shannon Briggs finally admitted publicly that he took PEDs, uh, duh, and another of these waters wet. Let's go, champ. Let's go, champ. And finally, um, that a big card announced for Tucson. Hey, RB, over there in your hey. neck of the woods, Arizona. Oscar Valdez versus Servania. 
and Zerto Ramirez versus Jesse Hartset for September 22nd on ESPN in Tucson. And Felix Verdejo is I to return to the ring on the same card. Ooh, I might have to come out there and be what you are, B. So that is in case yeah. you missed it news. If I missed anything, hit me on Twitter. And thanks for listening. Back to you, RB. That That is a huge card for Tucson. Tucson is such an untapped boxing market. I mean, that Tucson's going to be insane in September. So if you are in Arizona or anywhere close to even being able to drive here, you should get to Tucson, Arizona. All those retirement announcements, Klitschko, uh, Nora, Bradley, Marquez, Probably Cotto, Roberto Guerrero, Robert Guerrero a few weeks ago, Bernard Hopkins, Tyson Fury. So many fighters have been retiring, and it's going to make way for new stars like Anthony Joshua and Terrence Crawford and Mikey Garcia and Earl Spence and Lomachenko. And so things are kind of going to get exciting. Um, sad to see some of these guys go, but again, making way for new stars. Uh, I'm going to dish the word on the curb real quick. So if you've read uh, that Anthony Durrell. Uh, pulled out of the David Benavidez fight due to injury. I'm sorry, was it Andre Durrell or Anthony? Oh, God, I didn't do my homework. I'm embarrassed. One of them, Durrell brothers, uh, pulled out of the fight that was supposed to happen with the young gun, David Benavidez from Phoenix. So now he's being ordered to fight uh, Ronald Breville, who is a Mayweather promotions fighter. Word is that fight's probably going to happen on September 8th, and it most likely will land on Bounce TV. So we're going to get a Mexican versus like a Russian, I think that's what Greville is, on Bounce TV. Okay? Uh, okay. BrownSugar.com. If you don't have Bounce TV, you could <laughs> do some uh, BrownSugar.com. Uh, and it was Anthony Durrell, by the way, that he was supposed to fight Anthony, not Andre. Um, another little piece of word on the curve. We told you guys last week that Nonito Zanair did sign with Ringstar Sports, and we thought that that was a really good move for him. They are planning to bring him to San Antonio really soon. And on that card could be uh, Dortico's versus Kudrai Asha. Do you know who that is, the Russian guy? No, anyway. But he probably, if he's from the Ukraine, we know he's bad. Yeah, I, I, I totally butchered his name, Kudrai Asha. This is when we need Jake Donovan to do all of the um, pronunciations of these names. Um, but anyway, exactly. that's it. It's a little bit dry on Word on the Curb today, um, but you heard it here. Benavides Graville will probably land September 8th on Bounce TV. Jay, wrap us up with the weekend fight schedule. Weekend fight schedule. It's going to be a dry weekend after having all the fights this past, uh, past weekend that just passed. On Thursday, August 10th on Australia TV, we got a Golden Boy card. Charles Huerta versus Miguel Gonzalez. Uh, that is the headline fight. It's an eight-round fight, so you can watch that. On August 12th, on BN Sports, Omar Chavez versus Robert Garcia. Not the one we know, the other Robert Garcia. So they'll be fighting mm. down in Monterey, Mexico. And on August 15th, from Tokyo, on BN Sports Espanol, on tape delay, Shinsuke Yamanaka versus Luis Neri for Yamanaka's WBC bantamweight title. And that is your weekend fight schedule. All right. Today's show was brought to you by NationwideAutoWarranties.com, ForAma.com, and TheBoxingInsider.com. Thank you, Earl Spence, for joining us this morning. Uh, what a pleasure to always have him on. Make sure you visit BadCulture.net, RagingBabe.com. We appreciate you listening today. We will be back next Monday morning from 8 to 9. It's the Morning Punching Show. We're out.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.